from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. This is exactly what we want to have happen. If what Chantel is talking about doesn't happen, we have failed. Uh, then we're just an office park. Max and Clark, and I absolutely adore her. They were not selling themselves as a landlord. This was a space where nonprofits would come and collaborate. Um, again, this is, I think, very much the Cortex model. We have all this space, shared resources, uh, transforming the nonprofit uh, sector by having more collaboration amongst the agencies. As for the apartments, um, yeah, they will open on August 1st. Everything else is open. I'm Rod Milam. Joining me in the studio to date is Jorge Rio Pedre. He's the executive director of Delmar Divine. Welcome to back to the show. Thanks, Rod. Appreciate you having me on. Okay, and also we have Chantel Fisher, founder and CEO of Soul Fisher Ministries and nonprofit tenant at the Delmar Divine. Welcome Thanks. back to the program as well. Thank you for having me again. Okay, so we'll start with uh, Jorge on the whole idea behind Delmar Divine really sounds like a very big project. What was the inspiration and the motivation behind uh, the project starting like this? Well, I mean, it all starts with our founder, Maxine Clark, uh, who uh, one day was going by the building that was the former St. Luke's Hospital, and she saw the for sale sign being put up now that because the building had become completely derelict. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had already had a strong interest in trying to support nonprofits in many ways, the way that Cortex supports uh, technology and biochemistry. Companies. And at the same time as well, uh, she saw uh, everything that was going on with the infamous, as you say, Delmar Divide, uh, and thought, you know, what if this building could be repurposed to try and deal with both of those issues, a way that we could support nonprofit organizations and try to change the trajectory of North City across the Delmar Divide. And that's where her inspiration came from. She managed to put the partners and the financing together uh, to purchase the building, revitalize it, and now here... Uh, so six years after she first came up with the idea, mm-hmm. here we are with Delmar Divine as an actual thing that, uh, that is uh, making good on her vision. On the other side of the pandemic, well, not the other side, but still while the pandemic is going on, we've been able to uh, c- get this construction and everything all set up. Um, for those who have not seen the construction, just how big is that area? How big is that campus? It is large. Uh, the entire campus is 500,000 square feet. We are redeveloping in phase one 250,000 square feet. The apartment building that you alluded to, uh, as well as the two nonprofit towers, um, and then a main floor in the original 1904 building, uh, which is our main concourse where most of our shared space is. So is everything ready to go now, or are you going to open up a little bit later So on. the apartments will open on August 1st. Everything else is open. So the not-for-profit space um, that Chantel and her business is already occupying is ready to go, and you already have 30 people there already. Um, what are the... What are things like inside of that? Is this a full-blown office uh, space that's ready to go? And what are the apartments like as well? So the, the office spaces are absolutely ready to go. But what we have, and you know, Chantel has been one of our best at this, is talking about that we're not an office complex. We are a social enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, we want and expect and already happening for the nonprofits there to collaborate wherever possible. Um, again, this is, I think, very much the Cortex model, where we have all this space for the nonprofits to come together, start talking about how they can use shared resources, uh, and do more with the existing resources they have. So I want to emphasize that while, yes, the nonprofits have offices there, we are all about 
transforming the nonprofit uh, sector by having more collaboration amongst the agencies. As for the apartments, um, yeah, they will open on August 1st, uh, 150 units, as you said. They range in pricing from $914 uh, at, at the low end to $2,065 on the high end across studio, one-bedroom, and two-bedroom. Uh, and the only caveat to that is that 13% of the one-bedrooms are designated as low-income housing. Uh, so those are at $628 a month and Every single unit of those is already taken. Now, why are they set like that? Is that something that's been set uh, by the foundation? So the idea was to try and create uh, affordable housing uh, uh, for for people who were low income, and then the low end of market rate, as I have heard it described, workforce housing, so that people making thirty five to fifty five thousand dollars a year could have an affordable place to live. Now, what are the amenities like that are inside the apartment? Um, So they include uh, a pool, a fitness center, a dog park, a resident lounge, uh, and a courtyard, uh, in addition to uh, the the, the apartment units themselves. Now, how is that connected with the business, or or are the businesses completely separate from that, and what other space is involved? So the businesses are completely separate. Um, We we, uh, have separate uh, courtyards and shared space for the nonprofit uh, organizations. Okay. So what if I wanted to move into the apartments? Is that something I can do? What are the amenities and everything like? So absolutely. You could could just go. You could go to our website, as simple as that, delmardivine.com, and get information there. Uh, You can call our property manager, Balky Brown, uh, and get uh, full information and leasing information as well. Now, you were saying that there's going to be, there's just a built-in benefit for having many of the not-for-profits together. Why is that? How do you envision that coming through? Well, again, so it's not only the opportunity for nonprofits to just basically, uh, instead of having to find each other living uh, or uh, residing in miles apart, they can just be right there together. On top of that, we have a very important relationship with Washington University where a lot of their capacity building program that they sell at the Brown School of Social Work is now being brought for free uh, to our tenants. As well, we have a three-person concierge team. In the same way that a hotel, you, you say, oh, hey, I, I forgot this or I need that. You would come to the concierge team and say, for example, I need a piece of research done. Uh, could you help us with that? So that team is available, and we have over 30 uh, professionals across industries who hold office hours at our office so that, again, whether it's accounting or marketing or what have you, the nonprofits can come at no charge and get that kind of consultation. So speaking of nonprofits, we have a CEO, we have a boss sitting right here, the former Chantel Fisher. Chantel, why are you opening up anything in uh, the Del Mar Divine? Um, first of all, because it's Maxine Clark, and I absolutely adore her and this vision. Um, so we've traditionally served um, from North County, so North St. Louis County. But when this opportunity presented itself, I immediately thought about capacity. I mean, I'm always looking for ways to serve um the more people in the community, but also ensuring that as we serve more people, we're continuing to have the same impact that we have in the community. And uh, something else that was unique, unique about it for me was that they were not selling themselves as a landlord that this was a space where opera, where um, nonprofits would come and collaborate. And um, 
I would like to think of us as one of the fastest growing nonprofits in St. Louis today. And that capacity building piece that, that comes along with being a tenant there is so valuable for us. So we've already taken um, advantage of the trainings that have been offered, and we will continue to do so. I think about the training space. So our staff continues to grow as our programs continue to grow, and we just flat out don't have a space large enough to train all of our staff at one time, save the Delmar Divine. So can you tell us a little bit about Soul Fisher Ministries and uh, also why you've decided to to go ahead and locate at least a branch of Soul Fisher Ministries there? Sure. So our mission is to respond to the needs of youth with incarcerated parents and to promote restorative justice for those currently or formerly incarcerated. And we accomplish our mission through two programs. One is our after-school tutoring and enrichment program that serves the Riverview Garden School District. And then our other program is our Agape Reentry Program. And that program focuses on providing pre-release and post-release reentry programs and services for justice-impacted women. So have you actually been able to take advantage of the collaborative uh, efforts that the whole thing has been set up? And can you talk about that? We have. So we've partnered with Opportunity Trust. Um, we've partnered with um, Sophia Project. We've partnered, like I said, we've taken advantage of the trainings. So there are opportunities to partner that I don't think because you get so caught up in the hubbub of just getting the work done that we would have intentionally stepped out to do were it not that co-collaborative workspace of the Delmar Divine. And do you have any... Uh, specific other specific sort of industry uh, indications of that as well. Can you talk about one particular partnership where you were able to go in and actually uh, get some work done? So um, what? Let me see which one actually comes to mind. Probably the Sophia Project. Mm-hmm. So while they don't target. Um, justice-impacted children. They do serve underserved children in the community, mainly little girls. And so they offer similar programming so that enrichment and and, um, academic support. And so we've been able to collaborate on that as well. And when I think about the Opportunity Trust, um, we've already begun um, conversations with Eric Scroggins, which is their executive director. I think he may even be the founder um, to collaborate on a project as well. And Along with those changes, has do you think that's changed your organization as well? Because this is not the only branch of the organization that you have. This is actually a, I don't know if you consider one the satellite branch or not, but it is a different one. Has this changed the business and the relationship that you've actually had with the Del Mar Divine? It has changed um, how we approach our programming. So as I share, we tra- have traditionally only served women. But when we started expanding our workforce development piece, so preparing formerly incarcerated people for the workforce, we just saw such an increased need for men to be involved with that population as well. But we also wanted to be sensitive to making sure that we are keeping our women, you know, in the space that we created for them, and that's at our home office. And so the Delmar Divine has allowed us to expand that workforce development piece because we have a computer lab in there. We have some co-working space within our um, office suite. And so that has allowed us to expand that workforce development piece that we do to also include formerly incarcerated men. So, Jorge, hearing that, and since uh, you know you were involved, Chantel, uh, in the, one of the early residents of that, what does that? How does that make you feel? Because it seems like the mission is being met. It makes me feel wonderful. This is exactly what Maxine's vision is. This is exactly what I, as an executive director, and my program manager Brittany Hogan, who also oversees the concierge team, this is exactly what we want to have happen. If what Chantel is talking about doesn't happen, we have failed. Uh, then we're just an office park. 
Uh, so it makes me very happy. And this is, again, I want to emphasize, we're, we're just really out of the chute right mm-hmm. now. Uh, if we're able to make stuff like this happen now, imagine when we get our feet under us over the next mm-hmm. several years. I think that this has true, I mean, transformative is the word that gets thrown around pretty loosely, but I really think that this has the opportunity to be a transformative project. Do you think it's going to be transformative uh, beyond the people who are there uh, currently, like further out in the neighborhood? How do you see it actually transform? Again, I certainly hope if it doesn't, again, I think we failed. Um, we have a, a community center that is going to be for the exclusive use of stakeholders and civic organizations that are working in the West End and adjacent communities where they can come together free of charge with top flight IT decked out in, in that space to have meetings, uh, to have lectures, to have any kind of meeting that they uh, want. Um, and we will again be offering programs. For example, the two that are on the board right now is one is for older enrichment because there are a number of older adults uh, in 63112 and who have are taking care of children. So we'll have child care there as well. And then the other one is after school program uh, for kids to have a structured area to come in between that time of when school is over and going home uh, with tutors and homework assistants. So again, I really do believe that it will not be a hermetically sealed building. It will be something that North City is uh, really connected to and that along with many other stakeholders will help to start mitigate the Delmar divide. Okay. And I would love to go back to you, uh, Chantel, and have you felt the impacts in your your not-for-profit business? Have you seen it actually manifest itself right now, now that you're already there, even before the big official opening with residents and everything mm-hmm. else that's going on? I definitely have. Like I said, with us already doing our programming with the men, I think about like the opportunity, going back to the Opportunity Trust Fund, they let us use their um, – training space so that we can train our our staff. We've also um, taken advantage of the um, leadership development that is offered through the Delmar Divine. And these are quality, like top-notch training opportunities that would um, potentially cost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So that just not having to to incur that cost alone on professional development is a huge asset to being a part of the Delmar Divine team. Now, it might be a bit premature, but do you see yourself expanding even further inside of the space or even you might have to go somewhere else? Yeah, well, the Delmar Divine right now is our second home, Mm -hmm. and if I were to expand, it would definitely, we would work to try to find ways to expand there. I know there's a phase two coming up, and I Mm -hmm. won't go too far into that, but we would definitely um, stay connected to the Delmar Divine because I'm passionate about that mission that um, Maxine had in mind when she um, envisioned it. Okay, and Jorge, you were... uh we were talking about the apartments. The apartments are going to be, are they available now or are they going they to are. be? They are there. So about 30% leased, um, and they are available to uh, reserve now. And again, move-in starts for anyone starting August 1st. And do you really expect it to hit capacity? Uh, it, it is located in a place that is pretty central. It's not too far away from too many, from a Metrolink stop or from uh, bus lines as well. It is. Uh, it's. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, Maxine likes to refer to it as Hollywood and Vine uh, because it is so close <laughs> to other things, including Forest Park. Mm-hmm. Um, we Again, at 30% least with uh, people have not even had a chance to see the apartments, like literally go into them, and we're 30% least. So, yes, I fully expect we'll hit capacity. So I've been speaking with Jorge Rio Pedre. He's the executive director of Delmar Divine. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Thanks, you. And Chantel Fisher, founder and CEO of Soul Fisher Ministries and nonprofit resident at the Del Mar Divine. Thank you very much for coming on the show Thank today. Thank you so much.
This episode was produced by Maya Norfleet. Our audio engineer is Aaron Doerr. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.